Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including gender and income inequality. This week, we were thinking about the skyrocketing housing cost and how that's affecting people of color who need somewhere to live amid inflation and an increasingly tight market. We asked Paul Roldan, CEO of the Chicago-based nonprofit Hispanic Housing Development Corporation. HHDC was founded in 1975 to help create affordable housing in the Windy City's Latino neighborhoods. Now its goal is to help provide economic stability and housing security. This as the midterm elections loom just about a month away, and both parties have been trying to engage Latinos. We were curious about what issues are interesting to those voters this year, but we began by asking Rodan how the economic crisis is affecting Hispanics and Latinos trying to buy a home. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. It's a question that has to be put in context of the last three, three and a half years, uh, including, you know, where we were going before the pandemic uh, and what the pandemic and government response, uh, you know, did to that process and uh, what it looks like coming out of that as well. So, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, that, that black and brown both home buyer or would be home buyers and renters, uh, you know, have been up against uh, all sorts of economic uh, pressures, both uh, in terms of the increasing of value of existing homes, uh, the increasing of cost of new homes that would be built. Uh, and uh, w- within the context of there's more people and less product uh, that is existing apartments for rent you know, that, that the increasing rents uh, have, you know, all of that is, is, is gone up. Uh, you know, when you lay on top of that, uh, the uh, trend that was already beginning uh, of people working from home, uh, like 100% of the time, uh, and what that has, uh, how that has affected home sales, you know, increasingly people have <coughs> sold their apartments, and uh, I should say left their rental apartments and gone off to buy a home, a larger home, because that has been becoming their workplace. So that has put, you know, in, in, in an inordinate demand, an unusual demand on the home buyer market. 
So all of those things, I think, lend, you know, lend to the difficulty of especially young families, uh, you know, being able to, uh, to buy something. I got to say also that, you know, a third of homeowners today in America are 65 and older. So that's a, that's a growing demographic of homeowners uh, as well. So what does that mean for both the young family, say in Chicago, that is trying to move from a one bedroom to a larger house or retired parents, you know, elderly parents like mine are in their 80s who are trying to downsize perhaps from a house to a smaller place? Is this easier or harder for Latinos and Hispanics to do now in this current environment? And thank you for setting the stage for us. It it is ironic that, you know, we, my organization, like others in the city and and other nonprofits across the country, are in the business of providing uh, affordable housing. Uh, And, and, you know, we manage a sizable Chicago Housing Authority portfolio. We manage about 4,500 or so, about 4,000 of our own units. So all told, we're about 9,000 units, about 22,000 people. And you know what? We ain't got housing. Uh, When people come to us because they need housing that's affordable, uh, we have uh, developments that are completely occupied and have waiting lists, you know, for people who, you know, leave uh, there. So in a sense, we are the, you know, the, the private providers, not the public providers, the private providers of affordable housing, but we ain't got any to speak of. You know, we, you know, we have, we have housing that can, people can wait for, but none immediately available. So that presents an enormous challenge, you know, for young families who are trying to grow, uh, raise kids, uh, you know, deal with, uh, you know, all the other issues that, uh, you know, require, you know, the demand on their income. Uh, n- not an easy thing. Uh, you know, we find uh, in the United States about 46 percent uh, of uh, renters are so-called cost burden. That is, they're paying uh, 30 percent of their more than 30 percent of their income for their housing. But almost 25 percent are severely cost burden. That is, they're paying half or more of their income for housing. That's that's a critical number because it really addresses the issue of how young families move on up the economic ladder and out of uh, poverty. Uh, you know, when you're paying half of your income for your housing, you only got half left for food, medicine, clothing, transportation, education, all the other things that, you know, young families need to spend dough on. So it becomes a huge challenge of moving out of poverty. I'm interested that you say that because I did I did a piece on a study last week that said that the total economic input of U.S. output, I should say, of U.S. Latinos is was something like two point eight trillion in 2020. But there is another report that came out in the last day or two, the Hispanic Wealth Project, that is a little less rosy. And it finds that the Latino home ownership rate is around 48 percent for the first half of 2022. But is that something that can be sustained with the challenges that you just laid out for us? Well, uh, sustained probably because if you if you own, you're sort of riding the uh, appreciation, the value appreciation wave. Uh, if you don't own and you're trying to get in, uh, you know, then it becomes a major challenge. You know, interest rates are going up through the roof. 
you know, uh, construction costs as well. There's supply chain issues, all these other things. You know, as I recall, uh, in the United States, uh, the, the, the home ownership rate is about 65% now, uh, about, uh, 48, I think 48, almost half, uh, uh, for Latinos, about, about 48% and less for, for African American families as well. So if you don't own and, you know, you're, you're sort of, you know, you know, gaining value and gaining a little bit of wealth in terms of equity appreciation, uh, you're sort of, uh, gonna have a hard time getting in the game. Having said that, and with the midterms coming up, I know that you've been very politically active. I know you're sitting on a bunch of boards all over the place. You were on Mayor Lightfoot's transition or co-chair of her transition committee. I wonder what you're hearing from Latinos and Hispanics that you know what they want to hear from the parties this year that's going to get them through the polls. I I know like black people, people tend to think Hispanics and Latinos are monolithic and none of us are. So (laughs) what have you been hearing from people that you know? Well, uh, you know, I think the, the issues, uh, that at least here in the Midwest are, are important to Latinos, uh, you know, continue to be, uh, you know, economic, uh, vitality. That is, uh, job creation, business formation, things that will not only provide jobs within the neighborhood, local economy, but also, you know, drive the multiplier effect of those dollars in neighborhoods is, is enormous. So that's an important part, you know, the economic development uh, of, of, of communities. And, and, you know, there's a good example of that in Bronzeville here in Chicago, because, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, Bronzeville was on the ropes. I mean, it was really in bad shape and all that. It's come along very, very nicely over the last seven or eight years. Yes, it has. A lot of folks. Moving in, a lot of businesses starting up, a lot of businesses expanding, uh, you know, and sort of heading back to what it was in the 30s and 40s. I wonder um, if you think Hispanics and Latinos are leaning toward a particular party. I remember pundits being very surprised that so many went for former President Trump in the last election. And I'm curious as to what people are thinking, you know, coming up to this year. Yeah, well, you know, Allison, I'm an old guy, but I'm still politically naive. I'm like a little kid when it comes to politics, you know, (laughs) and I was flabbergasted to see something on TV uh, a couple of weeks ago. uh, And it was in the, uh, you know, it was in the Southwest and it was Latino communities that were, you know, very religious oriented. All of them belong to specific churches and, and, and groups. And it was that sort of spiritual entree, uh, that gave the politicians, you know, the opening for convincing them that they were better off being a Republican than a Democrat because, you know, of the, you know, uh, abortion control. Uh, immigration, I mean, all of the issues that are sort of touchstones for politics and politicians nowadays. Uh, and, and, and these, these Latino folks were buying it. They were buying the spiel. Uh, it was hard to believe. Do you have any suggestion for either party on how to get Latino voters to the polls? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, uh, you know, this, this issue of, about 
uh, increasing wealth of the wealthy, very wealthy, and decreasing uh, wealth of those that are both poor and even middle class. You know that that tendency, you know, is now uh, to to you know a certain extent because of the pandemic and other issues, including by the way inflation uh, that's chewing away at the capacity for families to. Uh, sustain themselves. I mean, food alone has gone up something like 12% over the last uh, nine months or so. Uh, when you add gas, utilities, and other things that families need to pay for, uh, there's, a, there's a substantial erosion of, you know, families' capacity to sustain themselves economically and to maintain a budget of some kind. Uh, so, so to me, you know, issues relating to how you mitigate you know, inflation, how you increase, uh, you know, income for families, how you uh, provide access for wealth creation, both businesses, housing ownership, you know, things like that, I think are important, should be important political uh, platforms. That was Paul Roldan, CEO of the Chicago-based nonprofit Hispanic Housing Development Corporation. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Alan Pang for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating or a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.